Welcome to another inspiring podcast from C3 New Hope. For more information about our church and its locations, please visit our website at c3newhope.com.au. The gospel we need to be reminded of. The gospel's for every single person. And uh, if you've got your Bibles here this morning, I want to encourage you to turn to Romans chapter 1. We're going to start with a piece of scripture that I am being stirred with about this week. And as you do that, I want to say a massive big thank you to our whole church who have been involved in our legacy offering. We have since July. You can believe that next week is November. Like, what is happening with this year? It's like going, going, gone. But back in July, we called the church to do a couple of things, to pray and then to obey. And we had a few special projects that we were believing to be able to move in with our church. And uh, I'm very pleased to announce that we would do this via email too, but certainly publicly, that we as a church were able to um, see 41 different households be able to give into Legacy this year. And I thank God for each of those 41, but I actually thank God for every single person because um, those who have gone and done what we said, what I believe God was calling us to, to pray and to obey, um, to be able to seek God, what can we bring to the house of God? And uh, so we had 40, 41 different households be able to give into this legacy offering. And collectively, we raised $36,603. And uh, we're going to put our hands together for that. And that means a couple of things. It means that we're going to be able to um, do a huge new renovation in our kids' ministry. And I'm so excited about that because in our kids' ministry right now, we are wanting, I've got to be really hard to be able to see our young people, our, 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 our youngest of age, be filled in a place where they understand worship. You know, we exist to be able to worship God. This place exists to be able to worship God. And from the youngest of ages, we have uh, Matt O'Connor, who's the, just the machine of everything. Um, he is right now um, basically three-quarters way through constructing a room that's going to be specifically set up for young people to come and worship God. And so there's going to be like a worship space. And it's from the youngest of ages, they're going to understand the person, the power and the, and, and of the Holy Spirit. And they're going to be led by that and going to encounter God in those spaces. I'm so excited by that. So that's going to be happening in the next few weeks. And uh, we're going to have a video we're going to put out to everybody and show everyone what's taking place there. But also what I'm very excited about is that um, if you haven't noticed, we have been accruing and seeing lots and lots of young young adults come into the church, which I'm so excited about. And uh, there's been a bit of a wave and God is doing something special in that sort of space. And as we announced uh, back in July, um, if we are able to do this, we're going to do this. And I'm very pleased to say that next year we're going to be able to resource a staff person one day a week to be able to look over and be inspired and be able to educate and be able to push on young adults in our church. And so... Um, that is really exciting news that takes place. So a massive thank you for everyone who was able to contribute and make all that happen. You guys are legends, which is awesome. All right. Romans chapter 1, verses 16, verse to 17, it says, For I am not ashamed of this good news. Other translations says, I'm not ashamed of the gospel. The gospel back in those days was a word that was very commonly used. You see, there was the gospel for many different things. If you got married, there would be the gospel of your marriage. God, assuming that was, that was good news. <laughs> if you had a baby, there would be the gospel of the new child being born. If you had a significant event taking place that you want to celebrate, it would be the gospel of that event taking place. 
But what Paul here is talking about, he's not talking about any kind of event taking place. He's talking about a person. He's talking about the person and the good news that Jesus is. And it says, I'm not ashamed. Another translation also talks about, I have a conviction about the good news. And I'm praying that C3 New Hope will be a church of conviction about the good news. That we'll be stirred daily about the good news that Jesus Christ indeed is. And Paul says, for I am. And I wonder if we can personalize it here this morning for a moment where you actually insert your name into this and say, for Melissa is not ashamed of the gospel. I know Melissa's not ashamed of the gospel because she will speak the name of Jesus everywhere possible. I love Mel and I love her heart for God. And I'm praying for Mel's multiplied and multiplied over and over again. A church full understanding the power of the gospel. It says, it is the power of God at work, saving everyone who believes. Who does it save? It saves everyone. Oh, but Tan, you don't know my rap sheet. You don't know what I was doing last night. You don't know my history. You don't know the things that I've taken. You don't know the things that I've said. You don't know all the story that I've been caught up with over my life. You've got no idea. Surely this gospel has got to have some loopholes where that's not the case. The Word of God is so clear where it says, everyone who calls upon the good news, everyone will be saved who believes. You see, the good news is a gift to us, but we have a responsibility to respond to it. And that response is believing. It says, um, saving everyone who believes. This good news tells us how God makes us right in His sight. I love these words. You know, every single one of us are sinners. Welcome to church, everybody. We're sinners. We are in a position where we are needing to repent of our sin. We are in a position where we need to then place our faith in a God that sent His one and only Son to walk the earth for us, to then live the perfect life, to die the death which would then take on the sins of not just you and I, but the whole world which has been, which is right now, and will be. And then overcome all that by then conquering death three days later, conquering evil, conquering the enemy for all time, and making a way for us then to be brought back into restoration of relationship with Him. This, my friends, is the good news. This, my friends, is what I wanted to have our hearts set on fire again. And I'm telling you today, actually, um, this is making right in our sight. Other translations will say righteousness will be restored to us, will be given to us. And this is accomplished from start to finish by faith. You know, Paul would go on later to say that we've been saved by grace through faith. It is the faith, it's the activation of who we are, believing in God and what he's done for us, that we are saved. As the scriptures say, it is through faith. It's not through works. Not through an earning. It's not through anything that we can do. You see, we worship a perfect God. We worship a holy God. And we have stained hands. 
And there's no way that we, in our own way, can actually ever redeem ourselves. And this is why we need a Savior. This is why we need Jesus. This is why we need to be reminded today of His saving grace for us. As Scriptures say, it is through faith that a righteous person has life. I said before, I'll say it again. I want to talk about the good news of Jesus here today. The good news of Jesus. And the good news is this, is that in Luke 19 verses 10, and this is about the core of my message here today, that Jesus came, the Son of God came, the one that was, was prophesied. He came, why? To be able to come and seek and to save those who were lost. Well, let's sit just for a second. We are lost without him. I was once lost, but now I am saved. I know the testimony would ring right throughout this room today. I was once lost, but now I am saved. Maybe here today, you're in a place where, whether you're hearing this for the first time, maybe you're hearing this for the 13th time, maybe the 50th time. I know I've probably, probably heard the gospel probably close to 50 times before I was actually then saved and set apart when I placed my belief and my hope in Jesus as my Lord and Savior. And maybe that's you here today. At the end of the service, I'm praying that there'll be a salvation in many people here today, maybe even a recommitment in many people here today when they respond into the power of the gospel. So I love in, um, in, in Luke chapter 4. Um, don't worry, Nick, you know how this verse here right now. I'll just pull this out uh, later during our worship here today. This is God. This is Jesus come, coming. It says, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. This is his job description right now. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, for he has anointed me to bring the good news. He's anointed me to bring the gospel. And I love it how the same Spirit that is in Jesus Christ is in us as well. And so we can find ourselves echoing these same statements as well. That the Spirit of the Lord is on C3 New Hope. It's on people within C3 New Hope. For he has anointed us to bring the good news of the gospel to the poor. He sent me to proclaim uh, that captives will be released, that the blinds will see, that the oppressed will be set free, and that the time of the Lord's favour has come. This, my friends, is the good news. This is, my friend, is what Jesus has indeed done in us. You see, the salvation and the gospel, it is for every single person. And maybe here today, you've been worshiping Jesus for many, many years. Let's play a little game for a second. Who's been worshiping Jesus as their Lord and Savior and following Jesus as their Lord and Savior for more than five years? That's quite a few hands. More than 10 hands. More, more, more than that, sorry. More than 10 years. More than 20 years. More than 30 years. More than 40 years. Okay, you guys are just all old, and so, you know, well done. <laughs> I... I Brenda Bell, what, what, what a legend Brenda Bell is. I thank God for the Brenda Bells in our church. Pillars in our house. People who would be committed to following Jesus for so, so many years. We need that multiplied. But maybe you have been following Jesus for many, many years. I had this, as Nick was preaching last week, this sort of, I guess, phrase that just leapt in my heart that if we're not careful... Good news can become old news. Good news can become old news. 
if you were born in the late 70s, early 80s, in around my sort of time, uh, you will probably know and resonate with this story, particularly if you lived in South West Sydney for most of your life. Uh, I never forget the first time I ever had a Krispy Kreme. Come on now, work with me right now, okay? Like, who, who loves a Krispy Kreme right now? Yeah? Craig, you love a Krispy Kreme. You, put, you, you probably put peanut butter on your Krispy Kreme, right? Has it been a... No, 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 you don't know. Okay. I remember when Krispy Kremes first came to Australia. I mean, these perfectly formed donuts. They were like, I don't know how they get them so crispy and so creamy and so like, I don't know, they were like just manna from heaven. They just came down and they were just a blessing. They were so, so good. And when they first came, um, for those who might remember, back in 1999, Yep, probably like it's 1999. And at Penrith, they opened up their first store. And people would literally drive hours to go and get their Krispy Kremes. I remember um, I had a girlfriend at the time. Um, she's no longer my girlfriend. I took her for a date to Krispy Kremes. And I thought that was like the best place ever to go to Krispy Kremes for a date. And we had to wait in the car for like three hours these Krispy Kremes, and when you got these Krispy Kremes, you didn't just get one Krispy Kreme, you got a whole dozen of Krispy Kremes. And there's no way that you're driving home to wait to eat those Krispy Kremes. You ate the dozen Krispy Kremes in the car, in the car park. And Krispy Kremes are like, it's the best thing ever. But you know what? I see them everywhere now. I walk past Krispy Kremes right now without even thinking twice about them. You know, in a crazy kind of way, our faith, our reliance, our reminder of the power of the gospel can be quite similar. Did the Krispy Kreme change? No. Our familiarity to the Krispy Kreme changed. And I really felt that this morning was a morning, particularly for those who are walking with Jesus. I'm so thankful that you're walking with Jesus here this morning. But for us to be in a place where we are reminded of the power, we're reminded of the goodness, reminded of the sacrifice, reminded of the fact that we could not do anything to save ourselves. But yet we find ourselves now covered by the love of Jesus the goodness of God to send His one and only Son into this earth to save us of our sins, sins that could never be saved unless it was through Him. This is the good news. This is the good news. I'm declaring today that C3 New Hope, which it has been, I want to remind us today that it is indeed a gospel outpost we are a gospel outpost. Good news for every man. Good news for every woman. Good news for every child. I'm believing that we'll indeed be a light post in our dark world right now. That we'll be filled with individuals that are reminded that they are have a light within them. That just like Matthew 5 says, to go into the world and light up the world. Be the light of the world, he says. We're not just gathering people just to come to a church. We're building his house. We're worshipping His name. I'm praying that we many, many people today have stirred, that we have an opportunity to point people to Jesus. And it's not an if, but a when. We will have an opportunity to be able to share the good news of the gospel. Yesterday, I was selling my dad's car. And, uh, you know, he 
didn't want to sell it, so I put it on Gumtree and all that kind of thing. And people came yesterday. And on Friday, I was chatting to this lady who was wanting to buy the car. And anyway, we chatted for a little bit, and she came yesterday. And uh, I had an opportunity to share the gospel with the lady who was actually buying the car. See, her and her husband came along, and her husband says, Hey, Dan, just out of curiosity, like, what, what do you do for work? You know, like, I'm like, oh, this, this conversation could go either up or down real fast. And I said, oh, I'm, I'm the pastor at my church. I'm one of the pastors. I, 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 I lead the church. And he goes, oh, I knew it. And I said, how'd you know? He says, well, the way that my wife was talking about you, there was a something different. And I said, amen to God about that. And it wasn't because I was trying to rip her off and get a maximum car price. He says, there's something different. It's Jesus inside of me. And I'm praying that we'll indeed have opportunities. And it was so simple, but so easy because he then said, you know what, we, we used to go to church, like they're from Newcastle. We, we used to go to church like years and years ago. I got raised in a Catholic school and I did the whole Catholic thing for a while. We haven't done that for many, many years. But you know what's funny, Dan? I said, what's funny? He goes, you know, tonight I'm actually meeting with a guy who used to, he's a teacher, but he's actually thinking about becoming a pastor. And I said to him, tell him, don't do it. Don't do it. Don't do it. <laughs> but he said, I just started thinking about like, Jesus and God and like my friends now. And I thought, maybe I'll get the chance to be a, a cog in the machine. Maybe a link in the chain. And I'm praying that we'll have chances after chances to do the same thing in our world. Now, I don't know what they're doing right now. But I do know that I had a chance to be the light for them in that moment. And I got the car sale, sold. Praise the Lord. Goodness of God. I'm praying for us to be, C3 New Hope, to be a light to Mount Annan, to Curran's Hill, to, to uh, Gregory Hills, Oran Park, to Camden, to no, 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 wherever around the area. <laughs> that we find ourselves in places we are indeed the light of the world. See, the gospel provides enduring hope. The gospel gives grace that we do not deserve. The gospel gives peace that we do not understand. The gospel gives us a joy in our suffering. The gospel gives us strength in our weakness. The gospel gives us a life in abundance. The gospel assures us that God is with us and for us. You know, Every single one of us has been made by God and for God. I love how Genesis 1 talks about the idea that we have been crafted, made in God's image. Psalm 139 talks about how we have indeed been knitted together in our mother's womb, that, that God Almighty, He knew us even before we were born. And not just knew us, He loved us. We've been made by God. He is the author of our life. But we're also made for God. You see, Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verses 11, it talks about the fact that every single one of us has had eternity set in our life. This is like a, a vessel, like a beacon that's going off 24-7. And it's this desire, this is hunger that no money can satisfy, no fame can satisfy, 
no power can satisfy. There's nothing we can do to satisfy that other than having the relationship with Jesus Christ as our Lord and Saviour. And this beacon will go off and off and off and off. This is why we see people who maybe in the human, in the worldly sense, look like they've got it all. And yet their soul is starving for something that can only be filled by the love of Jesus. You know, as I thought about the power of the gospel, I actually then was led to consider the difference between Christianity and our faith in God and other religions. And there's one very key difference between Christianity and other religions. Do you, know what, do you want to know what it is? It's this premise that God gave Jesus to come to us. Every other religion, every other tradition is based on this premise that we have to get to climb ourselves to be able to get to know God. We're going to find ourselves taking steps to come to know to God. I've got a, um, a barber that I go to. Actually, some of you guys might have seen this week on Instagram, I posted this thing where uh, my barber, who's uh, is into skincare and all that kind of stuff too, and um, he came and said to me, hey, Dan, um, do you want one eyebrow or two eyebrow? And I said, oh, what do you mean? He goes, you got one eyebrow right now. Do you want two eyebrow? And I said, uh, okay. And he pulls out wax, and he waxes my middle of my eyebrow. I'm like, dear Lord, what happened there? And I squealed like a little school, uh, schoolgirl. And I was like, this is embarrassing. But then he continues to do my hair, and he goes, Dan, um, do you realize you've got hairy ears? I said, all right. I don't need to be critiqued about everything about my life right now. Just settle down, old mate. And he says, do you want me to fix it for you? I said, oh, all right, no worries. Anyway, he's put wax on my ears and then ripped it off. <laughs> and good thing I was a Christian because I could have said a few words at that moment. <laughs> anyway, so nothing to the story there. Um, my friend, he, his name is George. I'm praying for George, actually. And uh, George, he, tells, he's, he again asked me the question, um, and he looks quite... Uh, what's the easiest way to say this? Uh, he, looks, he, looks, he looks Muslim, all right? He looks Muslim. And uh, anyway, so I was, wasn't too sure about where he was at. And he asked me, what do you do for work? And again, I said, oh, I'm, a, I'm a pastor of, uh, of my church, and I just love the Lord and so forth. Um, and anyway, long story short, we started talking about our faith and, and, and how it all interacts. And he's telling me about how he's been raised in an Islamic home, but has not any, got any kind of faith or belief for himself. And so we've been chatting together about, what it means to become, you know, a Christian. And he's been sharing to me about the, his upbringing and, and what it meant to be, you know, in an Islamic home. And again, long story short, he comes and says to me basically along the lines of, you know, for me to be able to get close to Allah, I need to be able to find myself doing a few things. I need to have myself doing my daily prayers. I need to find myself, hopefully this holds my weight, um, I need to find myself, you know, doing my feasts and festivals and find myself doing all the practices, you know. And I asked him about the whole, like, you know, um, the holy wars. And he said, well, if there's an opportunity to give my life in a holy war, I find myself automatically being placed with, with, with the gods at the time. And so the whole premise, the whole game plan of Islam has been actually, if I do X, Y, and Z, I find myself earning my way to be able to come into closeness or intimacy with God the Father. I was like, ah, oh, okay, cool. Um, we have the next one where my 
old neighbor used to be uh, a Buddhist. And again, the Buddhist sort of, sort of philosophy or, or way of, or game plan of their faith is, is centered around this idea of if you are able to meditate and if you had to, to cleanse yourself from all the impurities, then you find yourself in this kind of like nirvana-like situation where you can be like a God and you can do lots of things to be able to earn your way into faith. We get another one where we look at close more, more than one billion people right now are of the Hindu faith. And the same thing. Their game plan is, how do I get my way to God? And their kind of premise is basically centrated on the idea of reincarnation. And so if I am a good person and live a good life, I find myself climbing the steps. But if I find myself not a good person, not living a good life, then I return as a, as a cat. And, uh, you know, who knows that, you know, how do you be a good cat? Well, you're a dead cat. And so you then um, find yourself climbing the ladder again. And if you do that enough times, you find yourself in a place where you can indeed become at this intimacy with their God. There is the practices, there is the ongoings, there's the, there's the things that we do to find ourselves in that place. You might say, hey, Dan, we don't follow those kind of religions. We're a Christian right now. We're in Australia. But I'm telling you, we can do the same thing sometimes. If I just sing a little louder... If I just, there's a song about that, isn't there? <laughs> if I just put my hands up and have practices there, if I just come and be in church, if I find myself in places where, you know, I'll give a bit more money and the God will be really, really impressed by that, we find ourselves in places where we can actually mirror the same kind of thing. And I want to encourage us here today that we worship a God where there is nothing we can do to make him love you anymore. Anymore. When we talk about the good news, our reality is that on the other side of that, there's bad news. Because the bad news is that we have made, we've been made by God. We've been made for God. But as Romans 3 puts it, we all fall short of God as well. And this is, the, this is the bad news. Now, that's our reality if it stays there. <laughs> and this is why I'm so desperate for a world right now to understand the love and the power and the light of Jesus Christ. Because to overcome that bad news... God made a way. He wasn't just a way. He was the way. He was the way, the truth, and the life. And we today get to be able to worship a God who is living today because of what God has done by sending His one and only Son for us. And I want to close with a couple of scriptures here before we have the worship team. Actually, worship team, why don't you come back up? Pete, you want to grab this for us? Um, I want to go through a couple of scriptures which talk about this. In Jesus, uh, in Luke 19, it says, uh, for the Son of Man came to seek and to save those who were lost. Philippians 2, verses 7 and 8, it says, Instead, everyone say, instead. Instead, he gave up his divine privileges. We're going to understand that this was always God's game plan, but Jesus didn't have to do it. He chose to do it. Why? Because he was so compelled with love for every single one of us. He came to us. He took the humble position of a slave and was born as a human being. In all his divinity, in all his splendor, 
in all his godness, he took the position of a slave, not to service food and water, but ultimately become the ultimate sacrifice to carry the sins of this world. When he appeared in human form, he humbled himself in obedience to God and he died a criminal's death on a cross. Titus 3, verses 4 to 5. I love how in capital letters in my Bible it says, but. But when God our Saviour revealed his kindness and his love, he saved us, not because of the righteous things we have done, but because of his mercy. He washed away our sins, giving us new birth, new life through the Holy Spirit. We hope you've been encouraged by this message. For more information about C3 New Hope and its locations, please visit our website at c3newhope.com.au.